Come, Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. This last week I've been praying and thinking quite a bit about today's homily, much more so than normal. I even wrote it all out because I want to be very clear in what I have to say, and then I also want to make it available to everyone uh, to go back and reflect upon. It's a homily that I wish to God I didn't have to give, and one that I imagine most of you wish you didn't have to hear. And it's not because it's uncomfortable for us. It's because it means that terrible sins have been committed in the church. Sins that have done incredible harm. I have some hard things to say, and you have some hard things to hear. But I take comfort in that we're in good company, because that's exactly what happened in today's gospel. Last Sunday, we heard Jesus say very clearly and explicitly, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. He revealed the teaching on the Eucharist. And today, we hear many of his disciples say, this is a hard saying. Who can accept it? And many of them couldn't. And they walked away. I believe a similar situation faces us today in the church. And I hope and pray that after hearing these hard words that I believe need to be said, all of us can say with the apostles, Jesus, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. I believe that today the choice that Joshua put before the Israelites is put before each one of us. Decide today whom you will serve. Most of you probably know by now that there have been significant new revelations of sexual abuse of minors by priests and cover-up of that abuse by bishops. There was a grand jury report released last week in Pennsylvania that over the course of the last 70 years, 300 priests abused 1,000 minors. That's just in one state. And as horrible and evil and incomprehensible as that is, what makes it even worse is the compelling evidence that many bishops knew about it and covered it up. What you may not have heard about, because the media has largely ignored it, is the revelation that the former Archbishop of Washington, D.C., ex-Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, who was probably the most prominent U.S. Cardinal in the early 2000s, was himself a homosexual predator of seminarians and priests over the course of decades. And there are credible accusations that many other bishops and cardinals knew about his behavior and did nothing about it. And not only could have and should have all of this been prevented. The victims have been denied any semblance of justice and healing because of the silence and denial within some areas of the church. 
Now it does need to be said that the vast majority of these abuses took place decades ago, and the majority of these priests have died. And may God have mercy on their souls, because if they didn't repent, then they faced a terrible judgment. But there is still much that needs to be done to purify our church of this filth and give whatever justice and healing we can to the victims. In my opinion, any priest or bishop still in office that either carried out these abuses or knew about them and did nothing needs to be removed from the priesthood. And if they're guilty of civil crimes, they need to be thrown in jail. There should be no mercy for them in this life. There should be justice. They should be made to face the consequences of their actions so that God willing, they can repent of them. And as hard as it is, all of us need to pray for them that they repent and find reconciliation with God so that they can have mercy in the next life. But after honestly acknowledging this evil and filth that has infiltrated our church, it needs to be said that none of this is a reason to leave the church. Why are you Catholic? I hope it's not because of any priest or bishop, even if they have greatly helped you in your life. I hope you are Catholic because of Jesus Christ. Because in the, in the end, there is one reason above all to be Catholic. Because you can say with Peter and the apostles in today's gospel, Jesus, I believe that you have the words of eternal life. I believe and am convinced that you are the Holy One of God. Where else will I go? We're Catholic because of Jesus. These accusations need to come to the light, and these investigations need to be done. But know that things are going to get worse in the church as they are. The time for easy Catholicism in this country is over. More reports are going to come out, more revelations are going to be known, and more of this cancer is going to be exposed. And it needs to be. But my friends, prepare yourselves. Because it's not going to be easy. Many will likely walk away from the church because of the hypocrisy of some priests and bishops. Others because it's going to get difficult to be Catholic. But if they do... Honestly, they weren't here for the right reasons in the first place. Why are you Catholic? This is a question that each of us needs to honestly wrestle with in these coming days. I hope and pray that it's because you believe in Jesus Christ, because you believe he has the words of eternal life. You believe that he's entrusted this truth to his church, which is his bride. And that in the church, he nourishes us with his body and his blood. If these aren't the reasons that you're Catholic, you need to do some soul searching. But if they are the reasons that you are Catholic, then nothing 
that will happen in the church in the coming days is a reason to walk away. Rather, it is a time for you as the laity to stand up and demand transparency and accountability from the church and from the hierarchy, to demand justice and healing for all of the victims of abuse, and to demand holiness and integrity from your priests and your bishops. In short, to demand that those in the church who claim to be men of God actually act like it, that they in fact serve the Lord. Now is the time for all of us to decide whom we will serve. It's a time for us to declare war on sin and to eradicate it from our lives, from our families, and from our church. It's a time for us to decide to be saints. The men who carried out these abuses and covered them up, they were not serving God. They were imposters and liars, and they need to be purged from the church. I strongly encourage any of you with knowledge of abuse by a priest to come forward and let the truth be known. The time for silence is over. Please come talk to me or speak with law enforcement or call the state abuse hotline if you or someone you know has been abused or taken advantage of by a priest or for that matter, by anyone. The truth needs to be known. It might seem like I could stop there, but we actually need to go much farther. Because this terrible abuse crisis in the church is actually a symptom of a deeper crisis. And as horrific as it is, It's the manifestation of a deeper spiritual crisis in the church today, a crisis of faith. And we need to have the courage to be like a surgeon and go as deep as necessary to root out and remove this cancerous tumor from the body of Christ so that nothing is left to regrow. For the past hundred years, there has been a sustained attack on the Catholic faith not only from outside of the church, but also from within. In the early 20th century, Pope St. Pius X condemned a heresy that was being promoted by many within the church, a heresy he called modernism. The heresy of modernism holds that the fundamental tenets or belief of the beliefs of the Catholic faith can and should be modified over the centuries to adapt to modern sensibilities, that they are not unchangeable and forever binding upon all ages of the church. And over the past hundred years, many priests and bishops have promoted this heresy, especially in areas of sexual morality. And don't be misled. The church's moral teachings on marriage and sexuality are integral aspects of our Catholic faith. As we heard in our second reading, St. Paul taught us, revealed by God, that marriage is a sign that points to the union of Christ and his church, and that the relationship between husband and wife is supposed to mirror that reality, that that relationship is always supposed to be faithful and exclusive and life-giving. Our faith has much to say about marriage and sexuality. 
But this mindset of modernism led many leaders in the church, as well as many of the faithful, to accept the radically new approach to marriage and human sexuality that was promoted by the sexual revolution in the 60s and 70s. And I believe this heresy is at the root of the sexual abuse crisis because it destroyed the faith of these priests and bishops. It separated them from God. It enabled them to rationalize their behavior. They stopped believing long before they carried out these heinous crimes. And it is not a coincidence that the vast majority of the abuse cases took place during and after the decades of the sexual revolution. It was a time of sexual license and perversion, and we are still dealing with the terrible consequences of that time. And in light of the current crisis and in light of these consequences that have been brought upon our society, the incredible breakdown of marriage and the family, which is the very bedrock of society and the heart of the church, I believe it is imperative that we as Catholics honestly examine and decide whether we believe what the church asks us to believe, especially when it comes to these lies promoted by the sexual revolution. Each of us needs to decide whom we will serve. Will I serve Christ and his church, submitting my conscience to his authority and believing and living what the church teaches? Or will I rebel against that authority and serve the sexual license taught by the church, taught by the sexual revolution, and promoted in almost every area of our society? one thing to struggle against sin and strive to overcome it. For that, the church has mercy and compassion, for we are all sinners. But it's another thing entirely to embrace sin and rationalize it. And that's the choice before each one of us. Unless there be any doubt, I'm going to briefly and explicitly mention a few authoritative teachings of the church on sexual morality. Over the past 50 years, the church as a whole has done a terrible job teaching and explaining these truths. And so I realize you may honestly not have heard some of them or had them explained. But those days are over. And in the near future, I'm going to be explaining the church's teaching on sexual morality over the course of a number of Sunday homilies. And after I've explained them, every single one of us needs to make a fundamental decision. Do you believe and accept them or not? They are not negotiable. And they are not optional. And if you decide that you don't believe them, you need to leave. I don't say that lightly or easily, but it's true. If someone doesn't accept the authority that the church claims to have to teach infallibly on matters of faith and morals, they need to leave. If someone doesn't believe what the church believes, they need to walk away. That's what happened in today's gospel. 
The disciples who left, who walked away, they were wrong in rejecting what Jesus taught about the Eucharist. But having rejected it, they were right to walk away. That's why Jesus let them go. Because otherwise they would have been living a lie. Likewise, Catholics who stay in the church but don't believe what the church teaches are living a lie. They're hurting themselves and they're hurting the body of Christ and they need to leave. But we need to pray fervently that one day, by the grace of God, they recognize their error, repent of their sin, accept the authority of Christ, and return to his church. But until that day, they need to leave. So here are a few fundamental and non-negotiable teachings of the Catholic Church on marriage and sexuality. A few hard sayings that everyone has to decide whether they accept or reject. Marriage can only and ever be between one man and one woman. Marriage between two people of the same sex is absolutely and forever impossible, and no human authority has any say in the matter. While having a homosexual inclination or attraction is not in and of itself a sin, that attraction is not in keeping with God's plan for human sexuality, but rather it's a result of original sin, and it cannot be acted upon, ever, and nor should it be celebrated. Likewise, God created us male and female. Those are the only two options. A man cannot become a woman, and a woman cannot become a man. Marriage is for life, until death. A valid marriage cannot be broken by the spouses, nor by the state. Catholics who divorce and civilly remarry outside of the church without getting an annulment are not in fact married to their current spouse, but rather are committing adultery against their former spouse. The widespread acceptance of divorce in our culture is absolutely opposed to the Catholic faith. Sex has an inherent and God-given twofold purpose, the union of the spouses and the procreation of children. Therefore, the church teaches that all sexual activity outside of marriage and any action within marriage that directly and intentionally makes a sexual act infertile is intrinsically evil and gravely sinful. This includes all forms of premarital sex and adultery, all forms of homosexual sex, masturbation, pornography, contraception, and sterilization. And finally, the church teaches that all of these acts exclude one from receiving Holy Communion without first bringing them to the sacrament of confession. And on a related side note, that also applies to intentionally missing Mass on Sunday 
or through our own fault that must be confessed before receiving Holy Communion. Again, I realize some of this may be news to you. And it's also possible that maybe a priest somewhere in your past told you something differently, either from the pulpit or in the confessional. And if that happened, I'm sorry, because he was wrong. Everything I've just said is definitive and authoritative church teaching. And I can prove that if I need to. Now, if you struggle with any of these teachings, give me a chance to explain them. To explain how they are in fact good and true. And are actually the only path to sexual freedom and fulfillment. To life and to love. And if you found yourself caught up in one of these sins and want to live the way God asks you to, there is hope. There is always hope because the, the grace of God is able to overcome any and every obstacle in our lives. And I am available to discuss any of these issues with any of you on a more personal level. But know also that these teachings will not change ever in the Catholic Church because truth does not change because God is truth and in his providence God has called me at this time and in this day to be the priest to be the father of this parish of this household of God and so I say to you today with love in the words of Joshua in our first reading decide today whom you will serve as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord.